back to another episode here of the Gold Coast Frontline Podcast, where we go through all things Gold Coast Titans, whether that be the men's, the women's, the Host Plus Cup. You know, we cover literally everything to do with this club. We love this club. My name is Blaze from BKR Sport, and obviously I'm always joined by Clarky from Clarky's Rugby League Column. How are we doing, man? Yeah, g'day, mate. I'm really excited for this podcast. Excited but nervous. I feel like I've got a, I've got, I've actually got a lot more positives to say than I do negatives. But I do wonder if that's my uh, glass half full versus glass half empty optimism out view on the season. Um, but in a way, there are some negatives that we're gonna have to talk about um, for everyone well, wondering. Well, I hope we don't have to talk about them. We can just have a really positive podcast here and just, you know, just think about the future and what it's going to be like under Desi. We don't have to think about the negatives, man. You know, let's uh, let, let, let's just pretend they didn't happen, please. To be fair, there is probably only one game this year. I'm sure you know exactly which one I'm going to be alluding to that I'm really frustrated about when I took my notes regarding our season. But for the rest of it, I took the good with the bad and I'm proud of my, my team at the end of the day regardless. So to everyone listening and wondering what we're talking about, we're going to go through and break down the entire Titans NRL season, NRLW next week, um, as well as something else because that season is obviously shorter than the men's. So we're going to break it down into different periods. We're going to kick it off with the season start period, which we're deeming rounds one to six. Then we look at the pre-origin period, rounds seven to 12. We look at the period during origin, rounds 13 to 17. The post-origin period, rounds 18 to 21, and then what we're calling the run home, rounds 22 to 27. We're going to go through each of those periods, see how what went well, what went wrong, uh, what could have happened in an alternate universe, and, and discuss it in depth on this episode. So as, in terms of run times, this one could be slightly longer, uh, but we hope everyone's engaged all the same. Let's start. Do you want to start off with a negative or a positive? I'll, I want to get the biggest negative and the biggest positive from this season. I'll let you pick which one you give first. Uh, you know what? Let's get the negative out of the way early so that we can then spruce it up with a positive. Because if you go positive and then negative, you end that little section on a negative and then you just kind of feel down. So let's go the negative first, get it out of the way, and then pump home a positive. My negative, and I think... Honestly, it has to be the second half fade-outs. There's really no way to, to, to put a band-aid on that or say it lightly. Um, I don't think anyone at the club had an answer for it. The players, the coaching staff at the time, the fans. Um, it's all I got asked on my page. Clarky, what's wrong with the Titans? How do they address the second half um, fade-outs? And I said, honestly, if I knew, I'd be employed by the club. Because it was a really difficult one. As a fan, it was so hard to take. Like you, We'd be leading games at half-time, and I was never comfortable for this whole year thinking we could go in and win it. We blew so many halftime leads, it got to the point where we now hold the NRL record for the most 10-plus points lead blown, and we're the second Lovely. youngest team in the comp. Uh, so it did get bad, so that has to be my negative, but I'm really glad I could get that out of the way early. Um, is your negative the same, or are you going a different route? Yeah, it's going to be the same. And that's the thing with us as content creators as well, especially when we're surrounded by one club, is that I remember when I was getting a million questions on YouTube, Instagram, in person, because obviously I was at every game this year. So I had to, you know, deal with the questions from people at our home games or even away games as to what the problems were in regards to those second half fade outs. And I guess the good thing, obviously, is that we, we changed it around towards the second half of the season. But yeah, it was uh, it was a really harsh beginning of the year with those, those second half fade outs. And I think that's going to 
obviously be, you know, the biggest negative. There are ones that are close by, though. There is other things that you can talk about, uh, you know, obviously including the, the Holbrook sacking and whatnot, which obviously we'll get into at some point today. Uh, but yeah, the, the second half fade were really demoralizing because f- from myself and my perspective, right, as a fan who goes to the games, everyone who goes to the games, you'll normally see, obviously, especially with me, especially, I welcome it. But you have banter with the opposition. You know, when tries are scored, you're celebrating they're unhappy. They're either, you know, talking smack to you. And then when you're up, you're talking smack back to them, right? And and the the good thing about that is that, like, you feel good about yourself. You feel like, obviously, you're winning the battle. Your team is winning the battle and you're feeling confident. Now, most teams, when they go into a halftime break leading are pretty confident in themselves. They think, you know what, this second half, we're really going to to turn it on again and just keep on going because we're clearly the better team here. But that obviously wasn't the case with us. And uh, yeah, the second half was a real big ego crusher. You know, you had to really get humbled. I got humbled a lot of times this season in the stands and the boys, obviously, they just couldn't find a way. So uh, yeah, look, obviously, I kept saying at one point, I can't remember what game was around, uh, maybe around... I think it was the Manly game uh, when it was at Brookvale that we'll get into a bit. Uh, but I just... Actually, no, it was actually later than that because we still had some games after that that we completely collapsed against. Uh, I, I, yeah, look, I can't remember. Maybe around the, the West Tigers game when we won 28-12. But I would just remember saying to the vlog, which I don't even know if it made the cut, but I kept saying, like, come on, man, just give us this moment. You know, just give us this one moment because it's just to know that you've got the opposition fans about to come for your head when the other team scores and ultimately wins the game, i.e. Bulldogs, it really is a, a harsh one to take in person. So yeah, the first half of the season with the uh, second half fade-outs is absolutely the biggest negative for me. It was legitimately excruciating too because not always, but sometimes at games, people might recognize me from my page and naturally then they're giving it even more. <laughs> And if I welcome to my life, man. Welcome to my life, man. If I react in any sort of negative way, then I'm the bad guy right away. But even from like a content perspective, um, at the Dolphins game at Suncorp, one of my friends, Jacob, who runs Tripod, uh, another social media page, he was filming my reaction as the Dolphins were coming back, and I was playing along with it, cool, trying to make a laugh about it. But all I could think in my mind was going back uh, to the Raiders a few years ago. Um, at Geo Stadium, we were both that one when they came back. I, got, I was getting those vibes. Yeah, and they, my they, vibes well, that were was confirmed in that one. That was 2021 because we also in that season had the Rabbitohs come back on us when we were up 24 to 10 at halftime, I think it was, and the same mm-hmm. season as Manly, who were up what 20. Actually, no, this Raiders game was last. I'm kind of just going through games in the past that uh, we it wasn't just this season, and I think that's something that people got to recognise is that, and that's another thing that kind of comes down to Justin Holbrook in a way is that when he was here, unfortunately throughout the years, we had that camera game, Broncos game last year. The year before that, we had Broncos Manly with the Tom Trebojevic and uh, then also the other game which was the uh, oh, I can't remember who the other one maybe the Rabbitohs I think it was mm. uh, but the point of the matter is, is that unfortunately yeah this has been a part of us in the last couple of years and it really hasn't been pretty and you know what that was completely accidental but you actually did segue into my positive for the year and at the time I saw this as a negative in the short term and that actually was moving on Justin Holbrook now I don't want to be disrespectful or um, anything towards Justin, who did a lot for our team and our community. But it's almost a situation, I thought, where you either float with quote-unquote acceptable results, but never really achieve what you want to. Now, I've got a few examples I liken it to. Uh, number one, I'll give a, I'll give one from another sport. The Wallabies in the Rugby World Cup this year. 
Now, they probably could have kept a bunch of that squad together and they would have got a quote-unquote acceptable result making the the first round of the group stage and getting eliminated. But they're never going to get to that next stage, right? So they took a few steps back, took some short-term pain at this year's World Cup, and hopefully for the next one, our team there is older and more experienced. What about the Sharkies for an NRL example? John Morris. He made the finals for them, but it was clear in the board's mind that he wasn't going to take him to the next level. So they got rid of him, brought in someone like Craig Fitzgibbon, who hasn't got them to the next level yet, but they are improved under him. So my biggest positive is we are now well-postured for success in the future. We've re-signed a bulk of our young squad. We've got the leaders within that squad, such as Kieran Foran and the experience. Uh, And I do think that we're postured for success in the future, potentially as early as 2024. Um, potentially as early as next season, I could see us back in finals contention, uh, but do need to see how everything looks under Des Hasler um, officially. But that's my biggest positive. Do you see it that way as well? I think, yeah, look, I definitely couldn't disagree with that one, to be completely honest with you. At the time, it did hurt. Obviously, it was... I think that the the issue with Justin Holbrook came more out of the fact that we all knew him and, and who the guy was. I don't think that... Look, when people are defending what happened with Justin Holbrook, I haven't seen anybody actually defending the results. No one's actually talking about the results that we're getting and why we shouldn't have got rid of him. Like they'd say that we're building or whatnot, but we've kind of been technically building, we're actually a rolling rebuild of a club since 2010. But under Justin, we've been rebuilding since 2020 and nothing was really changing. I was always the belief that we were building up until 2022 hit. And then 2022 was, I threw that away with, oh, it was just, unfortunately, we made the wrong decision as a club. It wasn't just Justin. It was the entire club who went down the youth direction. Didn't work. Then 2023 happened and it just wasn't working again. So people aren't really talking about Justin in the results way. They're more so looking at him like I knew him, like everyone at the club knew him as a really lovely man, a really good bloke and a really great person that you want to see succeed, but just unfortunately didn't succeed. And it was the right decision looking back on it. Uh, at the time, I was very apprehensive. I was 50-50. I, like, I didn't know whether to feel really, really bad about it. Like Obviously, it was a big shock at the time, but then I also thought, like Des Hasler is Des Hasler and Des is, is a premiership winning coach that we've never had before at the Gold Coast. People can talk about Justin Holbrook at the Super League, but the Super League is not the NRL. As you guys might have seen on Clarkie's Instagram post earlier this year, before the St. Helens Penrith game, I said that I think even if St. Helens was to win today, I still think that they'd probably finish between what? Like, they'd be contending potentially for the eight. That's the significant rise in the longevity of a season in the NRL. And I still stand by that even after the St. St. Helens did beat the Panthers in that game. That was a preseason game for the Panthers. And that's the point that I'm trying to make here is that the Super League is a completely, completely lesser beast than the NRL without the disrespect there. It just is. So... Uh, you know, we now have Des Hasler who's come in and is going to really take over and lead this team going forward and knows how to do it in the, the competition. And with our forward pack that we have, it's absolutely monstrous. I saw Bloke and Guru talk about it the other day as well. You know, it just, it, it's, it's proof that the right decision was made we are cutthroat now, which is actually a real big positive because we've in the past been really, as you were kind of alluding to, we would kind of just get by and be okay with somewhat competing and whatnot. And if we had a season like 2021, this is a great example. 2021 is a year that was not good. We were not good in 2021. I hate to break it to everybody, but the Gold Coast Titans were not a good team in 2021. They came eighth position and we're extremely happy with it because we don't know how to feel being good. We finally made the, the finals, but we had a negative points differential of like minus nine 
and we had a losing record. And we finished below a team that had a minus of 130 points differential in the Newcastle Knights in seventh. So, And although it would have been great for us to obviously get that pass away from Paddy Herbert and get it to Corey Thompson or whatever, score that try, beat the Roosters, go through, we would have more than likely been absolutely flogged by Tom Trebojevich and the Manly Seagulls the next week. So it's like you, you, you look back at that and there's not really been any... There's not been a significantly quality season since 2010. 2016 was not was actually better. We were better in 2016 than 2021, 20, in my personal opinion. So, yeah, I think that we are built for success now. I think that we'll cut throat. We did what we needed to do, and we, we didn't care about what the fan perception was because we know what we're doing. And ultimately, at the end of the day, this is their job. This is their, their professionals, and they need to know what they're doing. So I liked it. Just going through our ladder now. Uh, yeah, you are right. We were slightly better in 2016. Uh, when I say ladder, sorry, our, our the history of ladders um, within the NRL season. Um, so, yeah, we were slightly better in 2016. We won 11 games to play finals there. Better product uh, but, to watch. Uh, and, uh, but for an example, man, like in 2007 and 2008, we had 10 wins, so one less, and we were 12th and 13th. Um, so, you know, and then I've, I've got to go to 2021. It must be said. Yes, we played finals, but we also had the worst record of any side to ever play finals. Um, and, a, and a lot of results went our way. Um, well, another so thing so... to, to kind of reiterate here, 2016, mm. we had to rely on the uh, West Tigers losing to the Raiders on the final day of the season, and they got absolutely thumped. And that's the only reason we actually made the eight in 2016. And then in 2021, we had to not only rely on the Sharks to lose their game, the Raiders to lose their game, but we needed to beat the Warriors by 11 points. And yes, congratulations, we won 44-0, but the Warriors were like a bottom four team at the time too. And just luckily for us, the Sharks and Raiders were both versing good teams. So we actually fell in to the top eight both those times. It's very, very true. What I was trying to work out there in my head, so I think if you do Justin, he came 9th, 8th, and 13th, but then you didn't include this season. He actually has the highest average ladder position of any coach in history. It looks like Garth Brennan would have the worst, an average of 15th. Neil Henry would be next, and John Cartwright would have the second best because of that third and fourth. Um, so, yeah, I do understand why people think it was tough on Justin based on that stat, but it's also a positive uh, for our club moving forward because we are clearly saying we're not going to accept just finishing ninth and eighth. Um, we're going to accept something better. So happy with that. And let's jump into our round, spe- oh, sorry, our season specific breakdown. Let's kick it off with rounds one to six. In this period, we went win to the Tigers, lost to the Dragons, win against the Storm, lost to the Cowboys, had our first bye, came back and beat the Dragons. When you look at this period and how we started the season, how do you look back at it? Will you give it a pass mark? Unhappy, happy? How do you feel about it? I think that it, this is a really difficult one to do because this was kind of the start of... There was a couple of games here of the start of like the completely collapsing. And although it didn't look... Doesn't look obvious looking at the score lines. It was. So you go and have a look at that game against the Tigers. We won that pretty well. But again, it, the Tigers came last this year for a second consecutive year. They actually weren't that bad in it. And they actually, if they had attack, like they were in our line quite a bit. I remember this game at Leichhardt. They were in our line quite a bit, but we defended extremely well. And I remember going up and giving Brett a wider handshake and saying, listen, I'm, I'm really excited for, for what you're going to bring to this club. That was a really awesome performance and whatnot. And we really had a lot of positive optimism. But then we got to that Dragons game 
in week two, and I remember a key moment, we were up like 12-2 or whatever it was, or 14-2, and I remember a key moment of Sam Verrills going down injured, and that was a really big point of our season, because Verrills was signed, obviously, to really turn our season around from last year, and really provide that experience, and he's a quality, underrated hooker, and he went down, and as soon as he went down, that's when the Dragons, I think it might have even been 16-2 or something like that, I can't remember, but... The Dragon just went straight... As soon as he went down, that's where they picked that hole. And they went straight through. And then as we saw with the rest of the season, the momentum obviously just really dragged it out. So this that was the very start of what we should have started to notice. That we didn't know how to overturn that momentum. And the Dragons obviously ran away with that one. I think JoJo got injured in that game. Uh, the Storm game was fantastic, but it was an extremely hot day. You know, it's one of those conditioned games where there's going to be a high score. Um, I, we all burned alive inside the stadium thanks to the NRL. Uh, and it's not the first time, and there's been many games in the past. I was happy with that one, but also we got 34 points, man. So, you know, it's still, at least we got the win. But the next game is actually, out of all those first few games, because I know we beat the Dragons in round six, but the next game is the most important one here. In the Cowboys and the Titans game, up there in North Queensland, I remember Kieran Foran and AJ Brimson going down when we were well in control of this game. Like, we were absolutely going to win this game. And I truly will tell you right now, we would have won this game 13+. plus. But Kieran Foran and AJ Brimson both go down. The Cowboys weren't looking great. And then from there, we kind of maintained our way into the game and kept in the game. But the Cowboys just took over the top of us in the end because obviously we were down on numbers and we didn't know how to turn that momentum around. And yet we still competed in it. So... I would actually say, for this first part of the season, that first six games, I would probably still give us a a, a nice little B. And the reason being is we won three of the five games there in that period, one of them being, obviously, Titans coming back against the Dragons and me getting into the head of Zachy Lomax. Um, But then you go and have a look at the other two games we lost, and it was due to the fact that we had players go down injured during the game that was so key and influential. And you can remember as well, Sam Verrills wasn't back for ages, so that Cowboys game was also without him. The... First six weeks, the first half of the season was also about how many injuries were just accumulating. Let me go back to round one. You made a really good point in regards to the Tigers there, man. They had 50 more runs than us, more run meters, more points. They were better every single attacking stat. So you're absolutely right when you say our defense got us that win. Uh, The way I break down that game was I thought it loomed as a really big test because both sides came to the season looking to improve. We didn't know which side was going to improve more. I remember odds makers had it really, really tight. I think Tigers might have been slight favorites. So it was a really pleasant win. Um, were, didn't we have a one in, there you go, bigger than slight favorite. That We were underdogs there. Um, but it was really good to get a win in round one. Um, I think the last time you said it last week, was it 2018 was our last round one win? Um, yes. Or 2017? Canberra, Canberra 2018 yeah, Canberra at Seabus. There we go. Round two. Bitterly disappointing for me. We should have beaten the Dragons there. They were coming off the bye, but it was only one round into the season, so I'm not sure how much the bye helped them realistically. I do remember in this game, Tanner's kicking radar was well off. There was some mm. bad kicks that, that went astray in that one, and that I was able to give the Dragons some momentum. Uh, but to Tanner's credit, he was under pressure then. Um, Toby was still a, a very valid option uh, for us at that stage, and Tanner recovered really well and, and went on to have a really strong season, I thought. Um, you'll love this one. I've got a note here saying I also remember the wet weather conditions. Oh I'm not my sure God. if you remember. I just recognize <laughs> what you're talking about. Just for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Clarky was meant to come and stand with us over on the hill at Cogra, uh, but he was being a cat and uh, he, he said that he couldn't come over because it was raining. It literally, I can't remember a droplet of rain coming down. I remember the clouds were heavy, but I don't recall a single droplet of rain ever, Clarky. So you're a cat. 
Mate, there was uh, there, there was definitely overcast with a light drizzle. Um, maybe the wet weather helped the Dragons. <laughs> uh, round three, insane victory. Look, Storm in this one were without Cameron Munster, so they weren't full strength, but they were still massive favourites. I tipped us on a betting podcast that I do, and everyone paid out a man's head. Worst tip. Um, you're blind by your bias. No way Titans win here. And I just said, like, you know, this is such hot weather footy that there's going to be mistakes, and I truly think it's a coin flip for that reason. So you take the underdog uh, from a betting perspective. For those that aren't interested in betting, I gave us a great chance, basically. What I do remember, the Saturday 3 p.m. time slot, it needs to go. It's just legitimately too hot. It's too dangerous for the players, for the fans in attendance. Really, really nasty. I'll actually say on that, because I was there, and I was also there for the, I think it was the Tigers game, like 2017, 16, 15, I can't remember when it was, and there was also a Raiders game at some point. There, there, there has to be a stop to those 3 p.m. games on the Gold Coast at that time. It, there just simply has to be. It's not possible to do it. You know, like I speak on behalf of myself, you know, especially with the drums and the jazz and the atmosphere and going crazy and whatnot. I can tell you right now, if everyone shifts up to the shade and usually you'll see people leave anyway. However, I remember there was one game about five, six, seven years ago where there were kids literally passing out in the stadium and there was people literally, they were having to come around with water and throw, giving people water and stuff like that. That's how hot it gets. Don't do it. It's ridiculous. And the 34 v 38 scoreline there is well above both sides average conceded for the year. So it is safe to say the hot weather definitely played a part in that. Round four, we were up to Townsville. You touched on it. Bitterly disappointing. Up 8-0. Suddenly we get two injuries to half of our spine. Um, And the example I give is like, for the Cowboys, if you take out Chad Townsend and Scott Drinkwater at that moment, like legitimately there's no chance they win. That's the exact adversity we faced. And it frustrated me at the time because no no external fans gave us any credit or recognized that. Um, but I look back at this game, we should have won. Luck was not on our side. And I do remember after this game, I started to really question the Cowboys' credentials, as did you. Um, and to be fair, we we're both right. They both did end up missing the finals. Round five, bye. Not much to touch on here. I wish our buys were a bit better spread out this year. It's like you don't need a buy after five weeks, but maybe it helps slightly. Well, you had to have Rats. a buy every single round at some point this year, so it just yes, had to happen to be us. Yes, happen to have have to have three throughout the year. I would have rather more like how the Broncos had them, where they're later in the season. Um, but or I'm, I'm, as long as they're not like what Parramatta had, because Parramatta obviously mm. their their buy their last buy came at the last game of the season, so it was like it could all it could be a positive or a negative. The positive is if you've got enough points backed up and you've also got the points differential, great, you've already got a win. Or if you lose, or sorry, if you if you don't have enough points accumulated to that point, or you need to get extra points differential, you kind of you're gone. Actually, you are literally mm. just gone, and that's what happened with the Eels. Yeah, it really depends how your season's gone to that point as to whether it's a positive or a negative. Round six, I was super hyped for this one. I know you've got. To, I don't know if you want to tell the story in the podcast in relation to Zach Lomax <laughs> missing the goal. Um, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. Did you want to jump in and tell that story, or do you think it's best left untold? Ah, uh, look. Let's just say, safe to say, uh, I am Zach Lomax's daddy. Uh, I will say that. No, look, it was a. It, it, yeah, look, I'm not going to go too well and truly into it because everyone who obviously follows BKR Sport knows quite a bit about it. But uh, long story short, Zach got involved with the banter, couldn't handle the banter. I told him he'd miss his kicks. He missed his kicks and then got really, really salty. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we won and I also got an individual win. So it was a great time to be alive. Dude, we should have got four competition points 
for that. It was wins <laughs> all over the board, baby. Um, yeah, I mean, strange. Um, I love the players when they get involved in banter, but it's like it, when you get involved in banter, just He's because you're the first you're the six- try, bro. He scored the first yeah. try and was giving it to me. He was giving exactly. it to me from the sideline because I was right there. We were like, mm-hmm. the center is right in front of us. And he, we're giving it to each other. And look, I'm taking it. Like, that's what it is. I know what we're doing. And then for you to then miss the kicks and literally cost your team the, the game based off of what I was saying in regards to the kicks yeah. and then to act like he did it after the game. My God, man. My God. Just so sad. Just so man, sad. I was, I was watching this one with a friend, and as soon as he missed that kick, I, and I heard the drum in the background, I was like, to mate, no way. I know he has like personal banter going with him right now. That's awesome. Uh, but honestly, away from Zach Lomax, the big moment in this one was Toby Sexton. Whilst he's no longer contracted with us, he was at this point, and I'm going to look back and celebrate it, scoring and converting with three minutes to go for us to get the win. I was just so happy for Toby at that moment. Like, obviously, selfishly, you go straight away, yes, we've won. This is so good for, uh, you know, for uh, for me, for our club, for everyone. But for Toby himself to go mm. through such a tough season, cop so much hate. I feel like even Toby might look back at that as his, his best moment in a Titans jersey. Would you say that was his best play? I'll tell you what was unfortunate about that game, actually, is that I was speaking to Tobes that that, uh, that night or the next day or whatever, and uh, he actually, I think that was when he broke his wrist. So he had that yes. really great game, and uh, then he got injured from it, and then unfortunately couldn't play again, and then obviously that was his last game in a Titans kit. So it was really good to see that to- Tobes' last play for the Gold Coast Titans was was scoring the game-winning try against Zachy Boy Lomax. So, you know, it's a, it was a fantastic, fantastic performance by Tobes. He actually partnered Tan, uh, both of those guys in the 6 and 7, which was which was interesting. Uh, but it worked out. And, uh, yeah, lo- love the man. And, and that was definitely his best... Per, per, well, it was definitely his best play in a, in a Titans uniform. It would have been so interesting to see if he, if he did hold Tanner out of that jersey, if he didn't break his wrist. Um, could he still be at the Titans now? We'll never know now, but uh, very interesting to think about nonetheless. Uh, but I think that win against the Dragons, to me, really validates what I was saying back when I was looking at round two. We should have beaten them there. We're a better team than the Dragons. Uh, so to sum up, sum up this period, well. you yeah, and I, I, I agree even to this day. But when you sum up this period, you look at rounds two and four um, against the Dragons and Cowboys, and they are both games we should or could have won. No excuses for the Dragons game. Plenty of excuses for the Cowboys one. If we had won both of those games, we would have been equal second, but fourth on points differential. And the reason we're going to break down that at the end of each uh, little period we review is to really show you guys how close we were this year. Like, Mm -hmm. things didn't go our way. We were unlucky. But if these things do go our way in the future and we do have a slight bit of luck, Things can really turn around really, really quick for our club and our community. Especially when you're about to look and listen to the next period of the season, you will understand how close we actually were. Exactly right. This is our pre-origin period. So we're looking at rounds 7 to 12. Now, the reason we're going to look at a pre-origin period is we both feel that this can be season-defining for clubs. Mm -hmm. Some players have their minds elsewhere on rep footy. Others go to a whole new level trying to make those jerseys whilst others just feel the pressure and can't perform at their best trying to make it or make it back to the origin level. Um, so let's have a look at this period. We started it pretty horribly. I think that's uh, fair to say. We had a loss to the Broncos, followed by a loss to the Dolphins. We then had back-to-back wins over the Manly Seagulls and Parramatta Reels, but then we lost to the Knights and the Bulldogs. Round seven, Gold Coast, take me back your memories from that game against the Broncos. 
Yeah, I think that game was was kind of... It wasn't as bad as the scoreline suggests. Obviously, we were leading at half-time, and we would have been up by more at, at half-time if it wasn't for a silly play that we made just before half-time. And I think it was Herbie Farmworth broke away. Reese Walsh slapped it down, and then Herbie Farmworth breaks away. I... I still think we more than likely go on to lose that game even without that, but that was the momentum killer. That was the changer, and later on in the season, we did beat the Bronx, so maybe the game might have been changed if we didn't allow that, because we would have been up by, what, eight points or whatever? Because uh, we could... we I think it was... Was it JC? Or, I can't remember who it was, but they tried to kick it through and then re it back, but because there was mm-hmm. no one behind, we actually probably would have scored a try if the ball had gone through, uh, which would have obviously... I think we probably win the game from there. Uh, but yeah, look, it was a sold-out stadium at Super Stadium. It was fantastic atmosphere. Uh, we again we let it half time, but we just unfortunately let it slip. And yeah, really uh, disappointing scoreline to give up forty three points. Uh, but with that being said, you know they ended up being the grand final of the season, a much different team to the past. And I, I, I truly believe that uh, we could be on a similar trajectory to what they did this year uh, for next year. So yeah, look, I think that disappointing one, but great atmosphere. It's always interesting for our viewers, for context, we don't compare notes before we record and we record it mostly in one take. Um, and my notes are almost identical the way I saw that game. The second half fade out was real, but I do think we probably go on to lose anyway based on what we know about the Broncos now this season. But I truly felt the game was actually lost in the same play you said, where Farnworth scores on the final play of halftime. Now, Jaden did attempt that kick in behind, maybe showing inexperience there. I believe he was at 5-8 this game. Uh, because we didn't really need the miracle play there. Like, it's probably yeah. a 3 out of 10 chance it comes off. And if it does, like you said, we, 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 we're like in the box seat to win from there. But we didn't need to at the time. You know, we had uh, an 8 or 14-point lead at that stage. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, it's not really a game I look back on and go, oh, the fade out, oh, the kick from Jaden, because Broncos were so class this year, and, and we know how tough they ended up being. Now, this next game... I. I, I, I really don't want to speak about it, but I do have some scathing notes here. And I, and I don't think any of our listeners will disagree with what I'm about to say. I'll go first for this one. Um, and if I go too far at any stage, please feel free to stop me. <laughs> Round eight, Dolphins. Hmm. 26 to six at halftime. We lose. For me, this is the most disgraceful Titans game I've ever seen. I was really embarrassed to be a fan that day. It you know was what? The I just hardest... want to clarify. I want to clarify something for you, actually, just before you go on to make it even worse. We were actually up 30-0 at one stage. We were up 30-0, right. but they took the try away from us. And then they scored, which was a 10-point turnaround there. It was a, it was the hardest game of footy I've ever had to sit through in my life. And I was there live. I know you were after. We were able to catch up after. And we legitimately, uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure you feel the same way, actually. We didn't see each other and go, oh, there's my good friend. I'm so happy to see him. We both thought, holy crap, what just happened? This is this really sucks. We were feeling it, man. Um, the hardest game I've had to sit through. What made it worse was it was Anzac Round, mm-hmm. and we were wearing a jersey dedicated to Corporal Cameron Bard, who was one of Australia's bravest ever soldiers. And that was that jersey was created in conjunction with his family, it was a they, his dad come and spoke to the club, uh, and we just didn't show any bravery. We didn't show any integrity to our community, to ourselves. And I'm not saying this to take shots of the players. I'm sure they look back and feel the same way. It sucked for everyone. But I dad said, don't have a positive to say about this game. And I apologize for being so negative, but that's how I review it. And I'm sure you probably have to feel the same way, right? 
I like people if you're watching on YouTube might not know this but like I have a and this is a crazy thing to say but a very very low form of PTSD from this game I, I genuinely every time I see this scoreline or I talk about this game or I hear about this game I have tears in my eyes like it was mm. it was excruciating for me and, and people won't really understand that to the extent when you're not a content creator when you're a content creator and you get a result like that and you're so for this one team you get absolutely annihilated like absolutely annihilated for it and I I, I remember to this day, I can still look at my, my mate Dan's face and to the right of me. And the face that he gave was just, I, I can't even explain it. And the sadness that was around our club at that time was just absolutely dramatic. And, you know, obviously it's not like obviously having war PTSD or something like that on that significant level. But for me, um, that was an absolutely excruciating experience amongst, you know, a bunch of Broncos fans because Dolphins fans are just Broncos fans in disguise. Um, for them to come back and and you know they probably even should have scored another try to be completely honest with you because oh, there was another should one have. That, yeah exactly absolutely right. what was Robert Jennings doing exactly um, right. after that I thought maybe we're a chance to hang on here but yeah. I honestly was still not confident I still had a horrible feeling at that point uh, which was confirmed with the end result do you do you want to roll the video in this podcast now of your post game reaction uh, no <laughs> Okay. We won't. No, we will. No, we'll, we'll we'll throw it in, man. We'll throw it yeah, in. But I, I yeah, think it would be really insightful for viewers to just really remember the pain of of this incident as yeah. we look forward to much brighter times in the future. Why? It does man. When you put your heart soul into something, it does. You know, you try your best to create entertainment. You try your best to make this. It's just gonna keep going, man. This one sucks. It sucks, man. I'll still be here, but it sucks. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a tough one. So, like, overall, that just shows the passion that we do have for this club. And it was, yeah, it was a tough one because I remember speaking to Brimo right afterwards as well. And, you know, we could just feel, like, I just feel like he was tense. And Brimo is a good friend of mine. Like, I speak to him all the time, but it was just tense and everyone was tense because we knew how dramatic this result was. So, um, we needed to bounce back from it. We really, really needed to bounce back from it dramatically. Um, otherwise, our season could have ended up like the West Tigers, to be completely honest with you. And we could have seen absolute heads roll we could have seen so much stuff going on a, a real real um, tense situation at the club between fans and uh, players and club and just so much so we needed to bounce back from it and obviously you know we did uh, we did go and beat the Manly Eagles 26 to 10 at Brookvale Oval the next week which was which was an amazing turnaround you know and there was uh, you can get into this as well there was a moment in that game and I'm so good pleased about this actually because he scored I think his first try in this game but there was a moment in this game where Manly still could have come back and won this game. The momentum was actually with them. We were up like 16, four and a half time. No one thought that we were going to hold this out. Like at the time, no one thought we were going to hold it out, which is not something that a fan should be thinking. Uh, but you can forgive us for what happened the week before. Um, and then the Manly Seagulls scored the first try, the second half, and we're like, oh, here we go again. Um, and then they had the ball 10 meters out and decided to go for a penalty. And they were down by eight. Oh, they were about, no, so they were down by 10, weren't they, or something like that? I think they were down was, by 10. It was the they... 55th minute when Garrett kicked that, and I'm not sure exactly, but it was it was the worst decision Manly made that year. 
I'm going to quickly have a look here. So 21, Loffy, four, uh, four points. Fafida, 30, so that's eight points. Uh, Loffy again at 39, so that's 12 points. Plus the two kicks in the first half, because Tan doesn't... Mi- okay, no, we're just going to... Because Tan kicks goals in this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 12, 14, 16, so that's 16 points there. Uh, and then Manly scored in the 50th minute to make it 16-4. They got the kick to make it 16-6. So they're up by 10 points at this stage. They're up by 10 points at this stage. Yep. And We're up by 10. No, hold on. We're, yeah, we're, up. We're, we're up by 10. Ruben Gary yep. kicked a penalty goal in the 8th minute, sorry. So they get... That's 4, 6, 8. And then... So we're up by that much. And they decide to go by, for a two-pointer. Which then, mm. I believe... That's ridiculous. Like, it's out of this I world. Know. I can't even... All, all it did was get him within a converted try. That's all it did at the time. Which is just silly. You go for the 6 points and kick the 2 later if it comes up or score to win. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean... You look back on this game and you just think, although it was not really a great win when you consider Manly's silly decision there, we just needed to win. And we needed to have them score first in the second half and overcome those mental demons from the past two weeks. So I do look back on this game as a positive, even though it could have not gone our way. Uh, And then round 10, magic round. Memorable win over the Eels, super tight game. Uh, the Gutherson Sinbin early in the seventh minute. Do you remember what that one was for? I can't remember exactly what he did there. I think it was um, like tripping or something on the line, or like it was around. It was as we'll try and score a try. It was a professional foul at the line. I think he tri- he tripped a player or he took a player out when they didn't have the ball. Mm. Well, in the context of our season, again, we had to win this. We did, which was awesome. Other nice memories from this game for me was Keanu Kinney's debut. Mm. I'm a came on. Uh, late in that game, and he, he might have actually given Clint Gutherson a head injury assessment on one of their players. I he remember. played he played hooker for like eight minutes. Of that yeah, game, I think. yeah, the final eight minutes at hooker and Kieran Foran's double as well. How could forget? How could we forget Foz in a magic round jersey? Not um, his hat trick though. Thanks, Loffy. Yeah, we <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he did he did save a, a hat trick for later in the year, wasn't it? In the magic round jersey, or was it a double again? That was a Bulldogs. Yeah, when we played them at Seabass. Yeah, oh, you got to love Foz in that yellow kit. Uh, but yeah, how do you look back at round 10 Magic Round? Anything stand out to you as a positive or a negative from that one? It was a game that we held out. Um, we were electric in this game. Our defense obviously still faltered. Uh, but I actually should uh, point to mention here that we haven't brought up yet. This was a part of our five-game stint of scoring 26 points exactly. Uh, we <laughs> obviously lost the Broncos 43-26. Then we lost the Dolphins 28-26. We beat Manly 26-10. We then obviously beat the Eels 26-24 and obviously the next game we lose, but we get 26 points, right? So this was in our stint and at least we won this game. We actually won back-to-back games with that 26-point score, uh, but it was, a, it was a tight one, man. You know, the Eels, I think the Eels scored first and it was a bit of a worry, but overall we were the better team on the day and it was a wet day. It was tumultuous conditions. It actually started hailing at one point at Suncorp Stadium uh, earlier in the day. So it was, um, it was a much necessary win. I don't think there is an incredible amount to take out of it, except for the fact that we are really good at Magic Round. We've won the last two Magic Rounds in a row. Mate, absolutely love Magic Round when it comes to that. Round 11, didn't love it so much. I had a feeling we would lose this one. Coming into this one, I broke down the stats. There was, I think it was the last 14 encounters between Knights and Titans. Yeah. The home side had won. Like 50% of the, 50% of the games had been won and by either side. Margins. And it was literally depending on who was the home side. And this instance, it was Newcastle. Uh, in Newcastle. We went into halftime 12 all, but I remember this one. I never really felt like we were in control or that we should have won it. Um, always felt the Knights were a level ahead of us and we were always playing catch up. 
Any memories for you stick out from our round 11 loss? Uh, I thought the half time was okay. I was actually confident it was 50-50 at half time. Uh, but then the second half obviously came and then we said see you later. Uh, but yeah, 46-26, not a good score line at all. At least we scored 26 points again, but it just looked like at that point of the season, we are focusing on the attack so much that we are really letting go of the defense. Um, and yeah, the 46-26 is a, a real harsh score line. But I, I kind of think that it was fair to to have that one there. Dave Fafita scored an amazing long-range try in this game though, which was crazy considering he outpaced the entire Knights team from our 10-meter mm. line. Uh, but yeah, not the best game to look back on. Uh, but as you said, the stat, who, if we play at McDonald's Joe Stadium, the Knights win big. If we play at Seabus, the Titans win big. It's just how it has been for a long time now. It's really strange. And what's exciting about that is you'll find that stat exists, in my opinion, when we have a, a, about a seven-game sample size from either side, which to me shows we are on a similar level to the Knights. We just haven't been able to put it together as consistently as they have this year, particularly and towards we need to the get end. It's another exciting sign, right, about the future. We're right there historically and this year. Uh, the stats are on par with a side that finished in fifth. So there is some some really optimistic potentially, but some data there that suggests we are closer to being a final side than people might think. Um, and that does snap our our streak, as you said, twenty six points. We became the first side ever in NRL, I think Australian Rugby League entire professional history to score 26 points for five weeks in a row. Or not 26, just score the same amount of points five weeks in a row. So it was really, really rare what happened. As well here, before we move on, is that I remember after the Manly game and the Eels game, we as a fan base were becoming a lot more uh, believing in this team. We thought we were actually going to be a, a quality a team going forward. You know, we were turning around two wins in a row. Um, we are scoring points. Obviously, that Manly game, we didn't give up many points uh, and then beat an Eels team that made the grand final last year. We came into this Knights game and then the Bulldogs game thinking, we actually may go 4-0 and into like a four-game streak into this bye and then we take on the Rabbitohs at home. We've got a really good chance to to build a bit of a season here. Um, but, you know, obviously that wasn't to be with the Knights obviously breaking it and then, you know, go, go on with the next game. But the Bulldogs won 2018. I mean, round 12, Indigenous round, up 14 nil against the Bulldogs. My only question from this game remains, how? I, I still don't have an answer. Like, how does Jaden Ockenbaugh score in the 77th minute to win it for them? Mm. Like, at that stage of Ockenbaugh's career, he was... Like statistically and perceived by fans to be one of the worst players in the league and out of position at back row, he scores the try. That This game sucked, man. It's just a game we should have won. Um, again, I don't have too many positives. Do you have any from this game? No, besides, you know, uh, Bulldogs fans aren't great uh, to deal with, especially in situations like this. Uh, but look, I, I think that that one really was the the kicker. I think that really emphasized that this wasn't going to be a good season for us. I think we can make excuses from the Knights. We can make excuses beforehand, like that's still the beginning of the season. But that Bulldogs game really did kick it into us that, you know, we're probably not going to be able to do it because, you know, again, we scored a try with like 10 minutes to go to make it an eight-point game. Uh, or a 10-point game, whatever it was, and we thought, okay, well, we're home from here, surely. Like, we've got the momentum now. We've got a try, bang, there we go. And then to allow the Dogs... Like, this Dogs team was awful this year. Absolutely awful this year. There is no one on the planet that can convince me that this Dogs team shouldn't have come actually last this year. I genuinely will say that. The Dogs, in 2023, 
for me, were the worst team in 2023. And that's including the Tigers and the Dragons. Look at their points differential to prove that to you. Um, they had a points differential of like minus 300 or something ridiculous. Um, so the point for me is that that game right there proved to me that we weren't going to do anything this year. They did fall away badly towards the end of the season. Maybe in our defence you do say they did upset the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. They oh, lost well. by two points to the Warriors. Uh, one point to the Cowboys. Uh, they lost by four points to the Raiders and 12 points to the Warriors. So up until they beat up, And then, uh, sorry, I should say the following game, they lost by one point to the Roosters. So they weren't as bad at that point of the season as they were later, but it's certainly a game looking back we should have won. So we get to the end of this period. Origin is just around the corner. Everyone's attention naturally turns there. Looking back, I think we both agree we should have won the Dolphins game and the Bulldogs game. Officially, at this stage, we sat in ninth. But if you give us those two wins, guess where we're equal to on the ladder? Not our exact position. What are we equal to on points? I'd probably say equal first, because I remember we are having this conversation earlier in the year. Yeah, man. We were equal first on points, but fifth on points differential. Like, literally one result going our way to potentially being first on the ladder. And, like, these games that we're saying if we just won aren't ridiculous things. They're, they're both two-point losses there in games we should have won. Uh, one, we're up 14-0 at halftime. The other one, we're up by 20 points at halftime. You know what I mean? Like, and you, and you just give I us those having, two... I remember having this conversation at the time. I remember saying, like, and, and nobody else, no other fan base is ever going to listen to us. They're going to be like, oh, you're just salty, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I said, well, listen, you give us the Dogs game, you, you give us the, the Dolphins game, um, and, and, you know, those two games right there, and, and you want to give us those two games that we really should have won the Dragons and Cowboys. I'll take away the Dragons if you want to call me salty, but I definitely want the Cowboys game if it wasn't for Foz and Br- Brimo going down. But overall, Well, then we're outright like, first. Exactly right. Because like, because when I give that, when I'm saying we're equal first there, I'm saying if we got those two wins from that period, I'm not including the, yeah, I'm not including the theoretical wins uh, from the previous period. If you apply one of those two wins from the previous period in conjunction with the Bulldogs and the Dolphins, we would have been outright first. That's, yeah, how inc- how insane close. is that? Yeah. Like, it, just oh, shows you so that it just shows you we have the team here. We just need Desi to put it together. Exactly, and I see so many questions. Guys, who do we need to sign? Um, who should we sign? Uh, what do we need to do to become a finals team? And it's like, we are so close if you just break it down and, and take a, a listen, really close look. If they listen to the podcast, man, they'd know that we say this. We say we don't actually need to sign anybody. Like We, we yeah. really aren't in a position that... Uh, I saw there's a podcast question today in the Facebook group, but we don't actually need to sign anybody. Uh, we've got the team. Maybe a 13, maybe. But with that being said... Like, Aaron Clark will still do an absolute job there. And we've got some great... We've honestly got one of the best four packs in the business. So I'm really not concerned about signing anybody. We've got the team here. We do. And, and when you look through premiership winning sides of the past, not everyone's a superstar. Players step up and play above their level um, of which they're signed or expected to. You've only got to look at the Panther side of the last few years and the amount of players that have stepped up as they've grown as a side. Like, Scott Sorensen arrived there as, respectfully, an NRL reject. No one else really wanted him. Mm. Ivan Cleary saw something. And it's the same for a lot of our players now. Like, the players that people perceive to be uh, just out-and-out first graders, but nothing more, which Aaron Clark would fit into that category, he can't go to, like, a genuine rep level as we grow as a team together. So it's really, really exciting. Origin period. A great period for you and I as Queenslanders, rounds 13 to 17. During this period, we were fortunate. We did only lose a handful of players at stages. We lost Fodder Waker, Fafita, Tino, and Brimson, 
all representing us on the Origin stage. It could have been Bowie Fermer as well. It would have been. He was that close last year. You had to give Bowie a run. Um, really excited to have his return this year. Um, you know, that's one thing we're not going to touch on this podcast, but we probably should. The amount of injuries we had this year. There's a lot yeah. of injuries. I'd love to find somewhere. Stuff. I'd love to find someone online that really broke them all down for us. That would be awesome. Uh, but officially in this period, we lose to the Rabbitohs. We get a win against the Tigers. We have our third bye. Now, we had that bye in round 16. 16. So there's still 10 games to go before we get another break, which is pretty bad timing for a third bye, especially when you consider we had one just two weeks as well. Mm. Um, and so that is my observation from this period. Um, having our buys so close and at times of the season, that didn't really benefit us. Now, obviously, it's just luck of the draw, but fingers crossed we get some luck there um, next year in regards to the buys. Yeah. Round 14. Saturday afternoon, Gold Coast, prime attacking footy conditions against the Bunnies, which is their strong point. I've got to admit, I fully expected us to lose this one, and we did, so I wasn't disappointed. It was a game where we gave ourselves a chance. Like, we weren't fully out of it, but not a big enough chance. The Bunnies always seemed like they were in control, so I look back on this one, and I'm happy to admit, at this stage of the season, I think Bunnies were equal first, and they were just too good for us on the day. Uh, Did you see it that way as well? Yeah, that was one of their last wins of the season, the Rabbitohs, actually, which is crazy to tell you. Uh, but yeah, look, I thought this game was the exact same as the Brisbane Broncos game with Seabus. I thought we both played, our, the Titans team played the exact same way in the first half for both games and the exact same way in the second half. Uh, Latrell, Latrell Mitchell was actually out for this game as well as he was out for pretty much the entirety of the second half of the season because um, I actually had good banter with him uh, in regards to that game. We had a bet going, but unfortunately he wasn't able to kick. He wasn't playing. Uh, but yeah, look, the way I wrap that game up is I say that was the exact same way as the Broncos. We led at halftime. We fell apart in the second half and we just simply weren't good enough. So that's why when I went back before and said, oh, you give us these two points here and there and there, I didn't include the Broncos game because we were just simply beaten in that game. And the same goes here for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, completely see it the same way there. Let's go to round 15. Now, respectfully, the Tigers, given we just lost to the Bunnies and we were and to the Bulldogs before that into the night. So we're riding a three-game losing streak. We just had to win this one, and the Tigers aren't on our level. They weren't this year at all. So we had to win to stay in the title chase. Little did we know at the time, this was actually our last game under Justin Holbrook. Yeah. My memories from this one, Tino was fired up, man. I remember he smashed Bateman. He was playing his best game. I actually did a post. Um, I had him as my MVP, of course. He was the best on ground, and I said... Um, Tino had some bone rattling. Um, oh, bone rattling they're going to refer today. to Appy Psychotowicow. They're going to. Oh they're gonna man! Yeah. And the people came after me. I was just quoting the Rugby League Live Two commentary <laughs> where Bossy goes bone rattler when you do a big hit. Yeah. But people like literally thought I was having a shot at Appy, and the comments after, "Well, he should have been sent off. Oh, he's such a grub. <laughs> he leads with the elbow. This is all he does. He's such a grub." <laughs> and then for the NL to come out and be like, it was a completely legal tackle. There was nothing wrong with it. And, and then, then for Appy to come out. Yeah. Oh, no, then Appy comes out and goes, yeah, I got my head in the wrong spot. Justice for Tino. The only bad thing about for this game for Tino was when Jareen Buller gave him that perfect palm and went through. Yeah. Um, Buller, a freakish young talent player. But that was, a, a, that was the only bad moment for Tino for this game. Original goal for but... Yeah. Well, outside of that, we had Brimo back in this one, which was awesome. Still no foreign. And Dave Fafita was out as well with those uh, lingering concussion concerns, I believe it was. So all in all, a really great win. Any other memories you've got to add to those? I just thought we never looked like losing this game. We came into this game against the bottom of the table, Tigers, who just aren't 
that great. They're just not, you know. Uh, they We beat them earlier in the season at Leichhardt, and we beat them again here, and it was just a, it was a convincing win. You know, we didn't do anything wrong. We weren't spectacular, but we absolutely, you know, flattened a team that just has no oomph this year at all. And again, they're on back-to-back spoons. So I don't really take too much out of it. I didn't take too much out of it as well. It was a Thursday night game, which um, usually you get pretty low attendance for. I do remember, though, I do remember one thing happening at Seabus, and that was a Bulldogs fan giving me grief about the Tigers and this was like the Bulldogs were still below us like I know they beat us a few weeks prior but the Bulldogs were still below us so it's like I didn't really understand one the Tigers and Bulldogs are below us two the Tigers were currently getting whooped by the Titans and three it just it made no idea made no sense why you'd be talking smack when all those three things combined congratulations on winning the game but the whole point is to win games to get above the other teams so you know a bit confusing there but I guess that's Bulldogs fans for you they are confusing 10,000 in the house for that game. Honestly, not bad for a Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, pop trivia. Do you remember the last time we played the Tigers at Seabus on a Thursday night prior to this game? 8-6. God, it was the worst game of footy, but yep. when Brimson scored at the end, hey, listen. I didn't care. Hey, listen. not I don't care what people say. That was one of the greatest games in <laughs> history of the NRL. A crazy, bone-rattling finish there where the Titans just came out of nowhere. Miraculous comeback to win an extraordinary game on the siren. That's how you talk about it. Oh, what's one way to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely one way to talk about it. Uh, look, next is round 17. A lot of people thought this was our greatest win this year, so I'm going to give you the floor completely. 18-12 to 12 over the Broncos. It's your memories of this one, please. Yeah, fantastic result. Obviously, it was great to do the, the Broncos dance at the na 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 yeah. in their stadium. Obviously, we love making fun of Broncos fans, uh, which is what I was doing, actually, on the grand final on the weekend for Penrith uh, when the Broncos lost. But yeah, this was an incredible result here. We had no Tino. We actually found that out at the stadium. It was also a hot day. Uh, we found that out at the stadium, and we were like, oh, okay, we're not going to win this one. You know, we were sitting there on the sideline thinking, this is going to be a long day with Broncos fans, man. Uh, but we won. You know, we came back. We, we we actually did come back. We went down, I think, at half time. Uh, I think we were down 6-4 or whatever it was. Uh, I think Thomas Flegler scored the first try. And yeah, look, the, the Titans were just very resilient in this game. And also, it got Reese Walsh suspended. So how good's that? Uh, because that was when he swore at the referee or Paddy Carroll. What do you mean? Or... <laughs> I don't know who he was swearing at. He was swearing at somebody. Uh, he was swearing at somebody. He could have been swearing at Mother Teresa. We don't know because he just was making up a story every two seconds. But um, yeah, resilient performance here in the Titans. Obviously, Justin Holbrook was gone. Jimmy uh, Lenahan. <laughs> I nearly said Jimmy Fallon. Don't know why. But Jimmy Lenahan, obviously, he came in as our coach. And yeah, look, it was a really impressive performance, especially at Suncorp. I think to add to that, like the fact that Jimmy Lenahan in his first ever game as a head coach in the NRL beat the side that was second at their home stadium was awesome. The fact he did it without our best player and captain Tino is like dead set amazing. And that's to turn a moment that Jimmy from the forty three twenty six loss as well. Exactly, and that that that's a moment that Jimmy should never forget. Um, and it was just bloody awesome for him and for fans. And I reckon this was the the most hate I copped online this year. Um, hate some banter, but of course it's people that take it too far, man. Like, mm-hmm. um, I guess like the, the line of banter was people messaging me, you support a, a crappy club, you guys will enjoy the wooden spoon, you guys will never have the success we have, stuff like that. But then there was like Broncos fans that were like genuinely insulting me. Um, I remember I got one, like, 
you're an obese, uh, fat F word. Um, you support a crappy team, um, F you. And I'm like, hey, your team played bad on the day and my team played better and capitalized. Best of luck for the rest of the season, but we went 1-1 this year and we're rivals. It's yeah. what builds on it. Don't take this too far. Oh, Broncos fans, are, they're, they're very much the epitome of we can talk smack to you, but when you talk smack to us, you are the villain. You are the villain, mm. but when we talk smack to you, it's okay for it. Broncos fans are the epitome of it. That's why I'll go. I'll double down. I'll triple down. I'll quadruple down. I don't care, Broncos fans. You all suck. You all stink. Your, your stadium sucks. Scum Court, Brisbane sucks. You've got a, a river that is sewerage that surrounds your city. I don't care, man. I don't care. I'll always... And guess what? The last time we played, we beat you. So... Man up and take the L and go back to your Searagefield City and that's all that'll be done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, but okay then. Mm. I deal with them enough. I deal with them week in, week out. There you go. Take that, man. <laughs> Someone say KFC. <laughs> this is... I thought we were doing a, a tight season if you're not, not the roast of the Brisbane Broncos. Goodness gracious. I mean, you didn't lie. <laughs> savage. I'm I'm all red like a friggin' beetroot right now. I'm good. Whew, it. It's getting hot in here, man. Clip this and put it on South Bank buddy movie cinemas or some something like that. Put it on the Suncorp big screen. There you go. Well, they might clip it and and uh, well, at least they can't pretend you're a Broncos fan like I'm currently experiencing online. <laughs> uh, if they clip that, there's no confusion. For context, I left a comment on Reese Walsh's um, Instagram saying congratulations on a great year. Uh, you did yourself proud or something like that, and someone added mm. it with like all Broncos support messages. And, well, I, I you know, would this... have done that if I if I was able to, because I'm blocked by Reese Welsh. So, um, you know, I'm not able to do that like you. <laughs> hey, c- cool your head, <laughs> or whatever he reckoned. <laughs> I think we should Carrigan move on, man, because we're just insulting yes. the Broncos at this point. <laughs> we should. So we finished this period officially in ninth. Really, the South game was the only one we lost in this period. Uh, we were leading at ha- sorry, we were level at halftime, I believe. If we maintained that lead, we would have finished in eighth. So it's a period that really, we only had the one loss, but it was a period where other sides on the table started to pick it up from us. And so even if you reverse that Rabbitohs result, um, we still probably only go as eighth. And that's not including the previous wins we've spoken about, uh, reversing those previous losses to wins as we spoke about before. The post-origin period. We've gone rounds 18 to 21. And we've intentionally kept this period short and sharp because it was such a crucial period in our season and a period that we ultimately all look back on with some disappointment. Um, so I think Titans fans will quickly realise what we're, what we're talking about in this period. Our first period post-Justin Holbrook being sacked, we enter it in ninth position. We need to fight and keep our season alive. Officially, and I, I'm frustrated even reading this, we go Raiders loss. Dolphins loss, Eels loss, Roosters loss. The only loss I'm prepared to take on that list there on the chin is the Roosters loss. Mm. That's the only loss I'm prepared to outright say the better side won. And the Roosters were by far the better side that year. I'll kick us off with round 18. Extremely unlucky here for the raid uh, against the Raiders. I stand by to this day. There's just no way on God's green earth that David Feeder impeded Jamal Fogarty. Fogarty impeded him. I just can't believe the bunker got that wrong and then tried to justify it and say it was the right call. So we should have gone to the break 12 all. Then we go to the second half in the 49th minute. Alofiana Kampera goes for a try, knocks it on in goal. 
Now, unless I've got the rules mistaken here, and please let me know if I do, and, and I'll be slightly embarrassed, and a knock-on in goal constitutes a 20-meter tap and a seven-tackle set. Why was Matt Tomoko able to pick that ball up and run 100 meters to score, and why was it allowed? And so I look back on this game frustrated, and I just think with better officiating calls, we were the better side, and you can't, even as a Raiders fan, surely you can't look at this, side, look at this game and go, the better side won. They didn't. They will. The, the Raiders might have won, but they weren't the better side outright. The the officiating plagued that one. I'm, I'm frustrated looking back on it. Uh, anything else you got to add to that? Yeah, look, I didn't think that uh, we, we took our advantage. I think that advantage this year, the rule that was given around that was really, really inconsistent. And and this game was proof of that with the Money Tomoko try. Uh, there's no world where Dave Fafita's one isn't a try and we would have been leading at halftime. And at that point of the season as well, the Titans would have been undefeated in the first half through round 18, all the way through. Yeah. We were still undefeated up until this point. And then because they took that Dave Fafita try away from us, which was ridiculous and absolutely should have been a try, um, you know, we don't know how the game goes from there. But based off of the fact that it was 26-22, if we're going to look at our game and say, okay, give us a try, then we do take the lead there because we would have got that kick because guess what? Tanner Point doesn't miss. Uh, but look, yeah, it's a rough one. Should have won it. Um, I disagree with the results, but what can you do? What, what can you do when you've got, unfortunately, and Casey Badger in the, in the bunker? I'm not a big fan of Casey Badger, just like I'm not a big fan of many others. You know, people can say, oh, you're sexist because it's a woman referee. No, it has nothing to do with that. I just disagree with her overall decisions. Don't you worry. I can name many men referees who are just as bad, uh, uh, if not worse. But the point of the matter is, is that I disagree with her, and we actually have quite a few games towards the end of the season and including the women's grand final, mind you, that yes, had really, yeah, exactly right. That we had really controversial calls against us from her. So that's my issue with her. Nothing to do with the gender that she has. Just to do with the fact that I just don't think she's that great. That's it, man. You take gender out of the equation. Like as soon as you said that, my mind went straight to the strip in the grand final, which I disagreed with as well. And like we're fans, we're passionate. We're going to call that out, whether it was a male, female, or a monkey in the bunker. We don't care. We're going to call it out, right? This is where I get really, like, oh, I could swear. I, I won't swear for our younger <laughs> audience. I feel like I'll let you go first, but when we talk about round 19 and round 20, we've got to talk about it together for the refereeing inconsistency. We lose to the Dolphins by two points, and then we lose by the same call not being called that was called a week ago for the first time to the Eels by one point. So when you look at those two games, man, how do you look back on them? Uh, well, I just want to reiterate as well, though, that we actually lost to the same call against us, but twice in the Eels game, because there was actually two offside calls that probably should have been wow. made there. Uh, and the NRL obviously officially admitted that that was the incorrect rulings on the on the game. Uh, but yeah, look, obviously the, the Dolphins game, look, th this was a, a really tough one to, to kind of deal with because there were so many inconsistencies in this game regardless of that big, big moment in extra time that never got called until that point and then they made an emphasis on that point and really reiterated it throughout the week. And this is why we combine these two games because they're kind of the same game. And then you go into that round 20 game against the Eels and they decided to not make the point against the team that the point was just made for and it was just so... It was outrageous. These two... Like, if you want to take away that Dolphins game and give them the win, fine. And then, But you have to give us the Eels game. Or you give the Eels the game, and then you say that we were robbed against the Dolphins. You know, there's literally no argument for there is the right rulings for both these games here. It's either one and, and none, or both, 
or just it's just outrageous. So I remember a time in the Dolphins game as well where we had the ball and we there was an obstruction. We went down immediately on the spot, gained no advantage. They called a penalty against us. That was early in the first half. The second half, the Dolphins, they're going for a try. There was an obstruction. They didn't go down for another five meters. They actually gained about a five-meter advantage from it. Oh, sorry, I'd say three men. I'm being a bit over the top there. Three men advantage from it. No penalty was given. It was right there. No penalty was given. And then they went out and scored on the right-hand side. And that was what obviously sent the game to extra time. So the point of the matter is, is that I just don't get how these inconsistencies can be so dramatic and so frequent, especially when it was in a two-week span and we got done it on both sides of it. That's the thing that's most frustrating. Like, no matter how you slice or cut this as an NRL fan, we should have won one of those games. You can't have us lose both if we're, if we're going to be consistent. Um, regarding the obstruction, there, I believe it was Cody Nicarima. And I also believe in this game there was an instance where the Raiders, uh, they took the Raiders. more of an advantage than Khan Pro did the week before. And the NRL called it back and gave them another shot. Whereas yes, in our case right. against yeah, the Raiders, okay, yeah. they allowed them to go 100 meters and said, no, you took advantage. Yeah. So there was just inconsistencies. Look, ultimately, the biggest call in this game goes to the Aaron Clark offside. I think it was in the uh, the 74th or eight, 84th minute in extra yeah. time. Now, was he offside? Yes. But I want to ask you, when was the last time that was called in any other game? Oh, I can't remember. No, exactly right. We were all saying this at the time. That never gets called. It never, ever, ever, exactly. ever gets called because we see it all the time. We see it week in, week out. It, like, whether you say that's right or wrong, whatever, but, like, we see it week in, week out. You want to know when I saw something like that that should have been called that wasn't? 2021, uh, final against the Roosters. Jared Rhea Hargrove stands offside in front, yeah. of the, um, in front of the play of the ball and stands there to block Sam Walker to get a free kick there. Yeah. That is a penalty. Again, it's not called. Stuff like this just isn't called in the big moments. Aaron cops it there. Fair enough. Let's take it on the chin as a club. The referee made the right call under pressure. I don't like it. That was the only time it was called this season. I think that's rubbish, but they made the right call. But then I just can't go in the next week and cop it two weeks in a row. It's just so frustrating. Like, these moments never go our way. And for the literal opposite reasons. I know. Like, I can't really think of a time as a Titans fan. Maybe I'm too biased, but I don't ever look back and go, wow, we got help there by the referees, or wow, we were so lucky. Um, no matter how you cut it, that had the Eels had to be pinged for offside on both occasions there. And we know Tanner Boyd would have kicked that conversion. Absolutely, he would have with where he was uh, shooting from with the field goals. So luck doesn't fall our way there, you could say. But it's it, incredibly frustrating. Which takes us into round 21. This was a bad loss at home to the Roosters. There's no other way we can really discuss this. We never turned up here, but honestly don't blame our team at all. When you get stuffed by the referees three weeks in a row, not even stuffed, when you get uh, unlucky calls against you three weeks in a row, it breaks your spirit down. Like yeah. You feel that inside of you as a fan. And so I can't imagine the players who, this is their livelihood, how they felt. This marked the official point when I knew our season was over. There was no, there was no point of return here once the Roosters um, got up 13-0 at halftime. Mm. I was so sad watching that, but I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry at our team at all because I understood and I felt exactly where they were coming from. To their credit, we did win the second half, and they were at 18-6, which was pleasing. Um, any other moments you remember from our round 21 loss to the Chookies? 
no, would like to move on, uh, to be honest with you. But no, look, obviously, yeah. it was uh, it, it, it never looked like we were going to win that game. I wouldn't even think about saying, oh, we deserve the two points this one. This just wasn't to be. We got... And the Roosters went on a big run as well. They, I think they started off their yeah. run a week beforehand and they didn't lose a game for ages or whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those games where it just was all against us. We were broken down in spirit. As you said, we were tired from the travel to Canberra, back home to get robbed again, and then back down to Sydney to get robbed again, and then come back up to the Gold Coast. We had three weeks in a row here at home, which was a point of the season where we were looking towards early on, like before the year started. I was talking to Justin about this, talking to a few people about this. I think I even spoke to Steve about it, where we were looking towards this point of the year because we had home game, home game, home game, away game, home game, away game, home game. So we had a lot of home games towards the back end of the year. And I remember Justin was so excited about it. Unfortunately, he didn't get to experience it. Um, but yeah, the, the losses really started to pile up just beforehand, which didn't give us any bit of momentum and opportunity to utilize these home games. A few things go away. We were we were primed for a big run with a, a lot of home home games in that run. Um, so keeping in mind when I say this, every single win that we've spoken about in the previous phases or periods of the year, when I give what we could have been, that doesn't include them. I just feel if you want to add them all together or if you want to add half by the end of the year, we're a top four side. It's as simple as that. Uh, but just to look purely at each period, we finished this one sitting in 14th. I feel like if you give us the Raiders game, and then you give us either the Dolphins or the Eels. Give us the Eels we move to tenth, yeah. so it doesn't improve us too much. But there is a there is a world and possibility where we do win all three. We do need calls yeah. to go our way, right? We would but need. Again, we would have we're, needed. We're in tenth. We're in tenth, and we go into a home stretch with you know the potential of making the eight still. Absolutely, and and the, and the point I'm, I'm making there is if if you do give us um, all three of those games, we actually move to eighth. So we're at 10th if we agree we should have won one of the Dolphins Orioles and the Raiders. And then you give us one of the other games from the rest of the whole season we've gone through, moves us to 8th. I know it might sound to some some listeners that we're making a lot of excuses or being too optimistic, but I really hope for others that they're seeing the value of what we're breaking down here and how just these little moments throughout an entire season, or not even an entire season, throughout moments of a season go our way. We are, we are this close, guys, and we need to stay firm as a community and stay firm in our belief behind our club. Just quickly jumping Let's... in here before we move on, we do actually have some breaking news with the club. Uh, the uh, the Gold Coast Titans are partnering with the Ipswich Jets for 2024. The official email just went out now for 2024 season, so that's pretty exciting. Okay, so the Ipswich Jets. Let's quickly have a stop and look at the ladder. So this is for next year, is it? Yeah, or the year following? Yeah, no, for 2024 season. So obviously okay. we're still trying to get this host plus cup team in for 2025, um, but uh, like as in like the Titans one itself, but it was Jets 2024. I am looking at the. You don't want to look at what they did in 2023. They didn't win a game. They they got four points from the two buyers. Yeah, they didn't win a single game, but. You've also got to add in the fact that we need to put players in to... We, we can't have one club because if we have Tweed, the con- current contract of players are Tweed and then adding in the guys from Burley, there's more than 10. You can only have 10 specific NRL players contracted to a team. So we had to have two. We don't get the Titans team in this year, 2024. That will come in next year. So I've noticed that on that, it says 2024 season we're partnered with Ipswich. So it's only one year. So that's a real telling sign. And then we can diversify our talent. I'm looking through their team list at the moment. I can't see any NRL players listed within their lineup. Is that because they weren't partnered with an NRL team last year? 
Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense, man. You know, you've got standard reserve grade players going up each week against, you know, sides like the South Logan Magpies. It's like literally half an NRL side of talent there. So, you know what? I'm prepared to give the Jets an, another chance here. And as you said, it would have been too unfair to have us completely stacked tweed. Like we would have won the premiership undoubtedly with the amount of depth we have at the moment. Um, but to diversify it over that, it gives us two games to break down each week on the pod and talk about. So it's not a bad thing at all. Um, so yeah, obviously not a good season this year for the Ipswich Jets, but if any Jets fans are now tuning into our podcast, we want to say welcome. And we look forward to this partnership with you guys next year and, and talking all things Jets on the podcast as well. Let's get back into this. Let's look at the run home rounds 22 to 27. Uh, we spoke about it. We could have uh, been looking for a big run home against uh, tough sides, no doubt. But with the home grants, we were playing quite well at home this year. Officially, we go Cowboys win, Warriors, Sharks, Panthers, Storm losses, and a win against the Doggies to finish our season. Cowboys and Bulldogs were nice wins either side of this period. But let's through game by game. Let's go through rather game by game. Round 22, Cowboys, seven-game win streak. Uh, how good was this one? It, it was awesome, wasn't it? This was amazing. Uh, we needed it. We were really in the dumps after that four-game stretch of three robberies and then the Roosters game where we just got absolutely kicked to the curb. Uh, we came up against a Cowboys team that were on the other side of that where they'd won like seven games in a row, eight games in a row, and were trying to really put their, their foot down on the pedal to, to make the top eight. Uh, but we ultimately actually ended their season. This game ended the Cowboys' season uh, because it derailed any kind of momentum, and they struggled from here on out. I think they played the Broncos a week after this as well, so we really kick-started that struggle. Um, it was just a real quality performance. I don't think there was any th- any real star moments in the game. Like There wasn't any individual kind of things that you remember from it, but overall, we had a great defense. We wanted it more, and it was, it was really impactful for our fans and community. I'm just trying to work out at the moment, too. I know that they were scoring bold points, man, leading up to this game with us. So if you break it down, uh, they were on a one, two, three, four, five, six-game win streak when they met us, looking for seven in a row, and they were averaging 35 points per game. We held them to 13, but where it gets even more impressive is we held them to zero in the second half. And that's the big thing I take away from it. We snapped a side that was riding a six-game winning streak, scoring 35 points per game, and they couldn't score a single point against us in the second half. So that was really, really pleasing. And this was one of my favorite wins uh, during the year. We looked we were around 20- down 12-10 at halftime, weren't we? I believe we were down, yeah. Uh, and we had to come back in this one. We were down 10-13. Now, Townsend kicked that field goal right before halftime. And we had to come back. And not only did we come back, we came back and held them to zero. So a really, really high point in our season against a side that was just on fire. This win actually gave me a lot of belief looking forward to round 23, which was the Warriors game. And I still stand by, if Fodawaker is not sent off and only Sinbin in that, I think we're going to win. That's the longest time a team has had to play in the modern era with 12 men that I can remember. Jaden Campbell's try in the 53rd minute is my high point from this game. Possibly the most hyped Titans try I've ever seen. I've said it a few times now on the podcast. I literally passed out from a rush of blood and jumping up to scream. So that was a really, really high moment. I I just think that, look, in the case of Fodawaker, 16 minutes and he sent off. It was the third send-off this year. There was a rub. We saw game before uh, in relation. It was it was Nathan Brown from the Roosters. Prior to that, 
The only other send-off this year was a six-game suspension from Jacob Saifidi, where he literally took someone's head off. Mm. Fodawaker should have been sin-binned in this. I'm not arguing that. It was a sin-bin for sure. It was contact to the head. Wasn't a send-off. He got suspended one week, whereas the other send-off was six weeks. Basis of consistency, we were very, very unlucky there. Uh, I want to know, do you agree with me? Do you actually think that if Fodawaker is just off for 10, we go on to win this game? Mate, we had a chance to win this game. He was off for 65 minutes or whatever it was. Like, yeah. We had a chance to win it. We were 18-18 with seven minutes to go, and we were actually down 18-6 uh, after like four or five minutes into the second half with Jackson Ford scoring a try. Uh, the Titans came back on this one from 18-6 from down, and we were tied. Yeah, like I said, with seven minutes to go. So I was really impressed by this. I definitely believe that we win this game uh, if Mo doesn't get sent off. I think that uh, it was really incredibly harsh and controversial uh, and uh, the only reason that people really believe that it was a, a send-off is because in Rugby Union, in Rugby Union, it's a send-off. And, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever, most Warriors fans, obviously being Kiwi, really love the rugby side of the game. So they didn't actually understand that it probably shouldn't have been a send-off. It should have been a sin bin. And no one was actually arguing for the, it not to be anything. Um, but a lot of Warriors fans were like, any contact to the head is a send-off and blah, blah, blah. And they were making Rugby Union terminology terms. Um, so uh, that's unfortunately where the Warriors fans were coming from because in Union, that is a send-off. Yeah, look, we, we, we lost a game. We lost 28-18, but I was really proud of this effort. I really wish we won this game. I really do, because if we did, we would have beaten three of the top four sides this year. We would have beaten Broncos, Storm, and the Warriors. Uh, Panthers, we know, went on to win the Premiership, so there's no shame in only losing to them. Uh, but I still take a lot of positives out of the fact we beat two of the top four sides and competed well with a third, um, being the Warriors in this game. And I, I still don't agree with the send-off to this day. Round 24. Now, this was... Awful. Awful. Leading up, you know, this was a brilliant day, man. Uh, personally, I saved up and bought the dream watch that I've always wanted since I was a kid. I was in the best mood. You would have noticed at Northeast. We and were I'm there. wearing the hat that you got me. There you go. Yes. Yes, a gift for all your hard uh, editing that you do on the podcast. You make all the magic happen every single week. I just babble on here and somehow people enjoy it. But um, in all seriousness, man, we were having a sick day at Northies, man. Yeah. Beers, great Which we feeds. got warned not to be at, remember? We got warned yes. not to be there. We did. And you know what? There wasn't too many uh, rowdy locals. While we were there, I had some old Navy friends come up and say g'day. We played some pool. I had a gamble with former Titan Brad Takarengi. <laughs> he even convinced me. We were playing the pokies, and I picked up about 700 bucks there, and he convinced me to put it all on Jaden Campbell to score. And I did. I was there for the banter. He didn't score. But, man, just a sick day. Like, I wasn't even angry about losing the bet because I just had such a good day with friends there, man. The afternoon went downhill very, very quick. This was our worst performance of the year, potentially, if you consider the full 80 minutes. There were lower points, but based on the full 80 minutes, this is our worst, man. Um, this is just awful, man. I all I can even... think is playing so long with 12 men the week before really took it out of us, it but did. we just weren't there in this one. We didn't show up at all. Uh, we shown up. We were allowed on the Sharks fans. Oh yeah, but, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah, yeah, we were allowed in the Sharks fans. I even had a Sharks fan telling me to crash my plane on the way back to the Gold Coast, which was <laughs> fun. Um, and some lady abusing us because we were louder than the Sharks fans. Um, that was actually abusing you, and then I defended you, and then she, the, her and her boyfriend started going at me. It was a fun night, yeah, real fun night. Um, awful performance, <laughs> yeah, real awful. Uh, but it was a good day. Yeah, it was. It was a great day. Um, there's no positives to take out of this game. This was. 
honestly the exact same game as the Roosters game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We were just blown off the park and simply beaten by the better side. Which brings us to round 25-26. This is a tough part of the season to review. Exact same game. Usually we've got like, you know, um, some positives to say in between, but um, round 25 and 26, I agree with you. I see them both the exact same way. I can combine my thoughts of both of these simply as we played really good for 60 minutes, but we were beaten by the elite sides as they were looking forward to finals in the final 20. My biggest highlight from both games was Cleese Haas's try against the Panthers. That was mm. awesome. That's yeah, a moment Cleese will never forget. That. I stopped watching because we won 6 0. <laughs> yeah, I turned it off as well. Uh, so it was great to get a win over the Panthers there. Now we know they went on to win the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, do you see it the same way? Like, I'm just happy that we competed for 60 minutes, right? Against two super quality sides. Overall, yeah, we were very competitive for 60 minutes. Uh, we actually had a really good chance in that Storm game to come back and win it. Like, you look at the score lines and they go, oh, it's a blowout. It wasn't actually a blowout. In either of those two games, the Titans really gave it a crack against the Panthers. I think it was 22-14 with like 15 minutes to go. And then unfortunately, we did fall away. And the same thing happened in the Storm game. But it was kind of the last 10 minutes. And they had a lot of hype coming from the little mullerman, little puppy, little mullerman, little puppy coming back into the game in Puppenhausen. Um, but yeah, look, I was impressed with both these performance on its merit, scoreline, not great. And we said this every time. The scoreline made us feel a bit, ugh, about a decent performance. Ugh, about a decent performance. And both of them were the exact same. Um, so, yeah, look, we, we lost. You wouldn't say we deserved the two points in either of them, but um, definitely a foundation and platform to build from. Round 26 was still a good time. Like, I didn't expect us to beat the Storm at Amy Park anyway. We had the members function. Um, ultimately, it was still a night full of smiles and laughs. I think we probably had more smiles between us than that Storm fan in front of us had AFL games on his phone <laughs> and beers. <laughs> uh, for those that are that is aware in the of what vlog, happened. That is, oh, no, you put it on your yeah. socials as well, didn't you? Uh, I think I did put it on my story. Yeah, there was a, a Storm fan in front of us just shouting the wrong rules, watching AFL <laughs> on their phone, and they had like 15 beer cans. Yeah, they was kept telling us on the that Fox... they were number one. I don't know if you remember that. They kept telling us that yes. they were number one. It's like, well, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're close, not. but you're not. <laughs> and you haven't been for a while. Um, yeah. That was awesome. The Fox um, cameras actually cut to it at one stage when they went for the conversion or something. Mm. <laughs> you saw like just someone in the crowd with like 100 beers in front just of them. Peace. That yeah. person was crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, round 27, final game of the season. Oh, we got there. Look, this is a game that should not have been close. Um, mm. We should not have only beaten the Doggies by four, but we did. And if we lost, I would have been so angry. They shouldn't have scored two tries in the final nine minutes, but we won. And it didn't matter at the end of the day. So I was happy with this one all in all. I just needed to finish our season on a positive note with a win. And we did that. And I didn't really care how it come. Uh, so you could be really really critical but i'm not going to be are you going to be critical of that win or you're just happy as well honestly at that point of year man uh, look i don't know i can't speak on behalf of the club but like i think everyone was just done i think we were all just uh i think we're all just done with the year you know we won the game great i want to go home Mm -hmm. (laughs) i want to go home and i don't want to have to think about 2023 too much to be honest with you it was great to see Fozzie get a hat trick in this game especially against his old club that gave him a lot of grief their fans gave him a lot of grief so it's really good to see him get a hat trick in that game uh, it was a it was a fine performance obviously we we clocked off in the last 10 minutes of the last game of the season like whoop de doo man you know it's not gonna, yeah. that's not going to happen i think we flogged the dogs if it was a meaningful game for both teams or like even if if it's in round it, like i can't go 
going to say round 13, 14, because we obviously did lose them there. But that was a different time. That was with Justin Holbrook. With Jimmy Lenahan, I'm more confident we don't fade out like that. We didn't actually have really any significant fade outs after, after, um, after he came, after Jimmy, Jimmy Lenahan was there. Look, we beat the Bronx. We lost the Raiders, but we were down at half time, debatably. Uh, there was no fade-out against the Dolphins, the Eels. The Roosters was a fade-out the entire 80 minutes. Uh, there was no fade-out against the Cowboys. The Warriors was the last seven minutes, but that was due to the Fonawaka sent-off. Uh, Sharks was the full 80 minutes. Uh, Panthers, the last 20. Storm, last 20. And then the Dogs, last 10. Like, whoop did do man. You know, overall, I'm pretty confident that Jimmy Lenahan, alongside Desi Hasler, can really get something going with this club. Completely agree. And I also agree with your comment that... I was just cooked by the end of this game. Like I, I was so happy with the win, but I was ready to leave 2023 in the past and look forward Absolutely. to our women's side. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much our breakdown of the entire 2023 NRL season. Officially, we finished 14th, but we do hope that we broke it down enough that people can appreciate Like we were close to being a final side or at least being competitive for a top eight side. There was a log jam at the top this year when you consider... Um, you know, sides like the Rabbitohs, Eels, Cowboys were all on 30 points and missed out. We probably, if, they, if things did go away, some of the time would have been within that log jam as well. Um, but it just would have been nice to give ourselves a chance. Agree or disagree, I'm going to go to you. I didn't think it was a horrible season. Ultimately, any time you miss the top eight, it is a failed season, and I understand that. But I don't think it was horrible. Agree or disagree? I wouldn't say it's horrible by any means. I wouldn't say it's great. I'd say there are signs of greatness, but I wouldn't say it's horrible and I wouldn't say it's great. It's just a real plateaued season. I could name you worse seasons. Absolutely. 2019 comes to mind. Last year, 2022, I would actually, even though we didn't win the spoon, say last year was the worst year in Titans history. I would say last year because we had so much excitement, so much you know hope and belief after 2021, making the finals and whatnot. And then guess what? We didn't and we were awful last year. So so last year, and I think the club will probably recognize that too, 2019 was worse. Um, you would argue the Garth Brennan days were just awful, like just awful uh, throughout this club. Um, they were worse. Uh, and you go back to like 2011 kind of deal where we came last and played Parramatta for the spoon. And we won the spoon at home that day. It was a great moment to be alive when uh, Jared Hayne killed us. Um, and then, hey, guess what? Jared Hayden came back to kill us about five years later on too. Just unfortunately, it was with our club. Uh, but yeah, look, there's been way more worse seasons. Way, way more worse seasons than what this year has put up for offer. And there is a lot of excitement built in throughout the year to prove that we can actually go on and do something in the future. The context is always important too. Like we finished with nine wins from 24 games. But in 2021, as I said, when we did play finals, we had 10 wins from 24 games. So it's actually one win less than a, than a season where we played finals. Um, this year to play finals, you needed 13 wins minimum. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it, the our ladder is always evolving and changing and stuff like that. But I'll finish off my overall assessment for the year. If I could break it down in one sentence, whilst I'm bitterly disappointed to miss finals again, I have a lot of hope for the future. And I do believe the decisions made most notably by our club executives have us postured for success as early as 2024. Uh, any final yeah. thoughts from yourself? Yeah, I agree. 2024 is a really, really 50-50 year. Like, we could still struggle and, you know, be there, but not be at where we want to be just yet, based on it being Desi's first year. But there is also the flip side where Des could come in and actually make us a top four team this year. I genuinely believe that. Like, I, I, I believe the ceiling of this club in 2024 could be top four. However, you're more than likely looking at anywhere between 6th and 10th. 
Um, I, I think that even though we didn't make the eight this year and last year, there is kind of an expectation at this club for 2024, which is kind of strange considering we've never really had that history to build us up to, to believe in that reputation or, or that uh, that foundation of winning. So we have a bit of a, a uh, thought process. And I think it's more a desperation, though, to be honest with you, that Desi must work. And I do worry for this club if Desi doesn't work. Uh, but Desi must work. And I believe that he will work. And I hate that he's going to have so much expectation on himself and, and, and whatnot. But we saw what he did with Manly. We've seen that he's turned around this club and also probably would have still been at Manly if it wasn't for the saga. We all know the saga, which, you know, we know what's happening right now. Hopefully that doesn't impact us uh, in our season next year. I doubt that it will, uh, but it's going to create some fire games against Manly, that's for sure. We're going to have some fire games between Titans and Manly, that's for sure. Yeah, and I hope we absolutely pump him. When he took over the Doggies in 2012, he had 20 wins. That's obviously going to get you in the finals. And when he took over Manly in 2019, again, he had 15 wins, which if you put both of those uh, on the 2022 ladder, 20 wins would get you in first outright first place yeah. above the Panthers. And 15 wins would put you just That's out of the... Fifth. Yeah, fifth. Fifth. Um, fifth. Yeah, it put you in fifth. So, I mean, he does have success his first year entering sides based on previous results. So, so basically lot, lot what you're telling me is we're winning the comp next year, Clarky. We're winning the comp all three grades. Uh, I Tweed, love that. Yep. Jets, we'll have a double chance in reserve grade. Tweed uh, Jets in the grand final. There you go. <laughs> they, oh, would, that would actually be really cool. It's like a, a non-lose there. But there is a, a lot of hope for this uh, NRL side in the future. Speaking of NRLW side... We don't have to hope for them. We know they are classy. They are grand finalists, uh, and they are there to stay at the top for a very, very long time. And we'll go so we'll through back... their season next week. Exactly right. Next week, we're going to break down our entire NRLW campaign, talk about the highs, the lows. There wasn't many. Um, and everything NRLW-related. I think we also do an extended Q&A or something mm. of that description for that because the NRLW season, we're only going to get through... Uh, yeah, but you've also got to remember we've got to do the player uh, rankings next week. So we, I guess we can put together okay. the, play, the player reviews that we did for the men's and then also the, yes. team, like the entire game-by-game game analysis. And I think that due to it being, what, 12 games in total plus the players, um, I think that'll, that'll be fine. Dude, perfect. NRLW extravaganza coming next week. Full season review and an individual review of all of our players. Really, really excited for it. We hope you're all there, and we hope you enjoyed our breakdown of our men's NRL, NRL rather, 2022, 2020, I don't even know the year. It was a 2023 review. We have been gone for an hour and a half, man, so we can forgive NRL you for uh, campaign. Off. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to go grab a beer. I'm off the clock. Thank you very much for being here with, you, with us, guys, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, with that in mind, over to you to uh, farewell the podcast, players. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it, guys. Obviously, we went through every single game and, uh, you know, had to go through a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of sad moments, but good moments as well. And it's always fun being a fan of sport and fan of rugby league. Although we do obviously have the pain and the, the heart-shattering moments, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that we're all one community. We're all getting behind the same team. We all want the same success, and that is the Gold Coast as a name, as a city, our home, to really be pushed into the limelight and get our time to shine. Uh, we appreciate you as usual. Obviously, hit that like 
like button and subscribe if you're new around here on YouTube. If you're on Spotify and Apple, leave us a rating. We appreciate it if you could leave us a rating. Uh, but we appreciate everybody for listening in as per usual. Again, like we said, we'll be doing the women's coverage next week with the full breakdown of the like today and then also the player rankings like we did the other week. So we appreciate you as usual and we'll see you guys next week. And if you would like my full breakdown on the 2023 Brisbane Broncos season, here you go. It's too far. Oh, Broncos fans, are, they're, they're very much the epitome of we can talk smack to you, but when you talk smack to us, you are the villain. You are the villain, mm. but when we talk smack to you, it's okay for it. Broncos fans are the epitome of it. That's why I'll, go, I'll double down. I'll triple down. I'll quadruple down. I don't care, Broncos fans. You all suck. You all stink. Your, your stadium sucks. Scum Corp, Brisbane sucks. You've got a, a river that is sewerage that surrounds your city. I don't care, man. I don't care. I'll always. And guess what? The last time we played, we beat you. So man up and take the L and go back to your sewerage field city. And that's all that'll be done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um... I don't care, man. Mm. I deal with them enough. I deal with them week in, week out. There you go. Take that, man. <laughs> Someone say KFC. <laughs> this is. I thought we were doing a, a tight season, you not not the roast of the Brisbane Broncos. Goodness gracious! I mean, you didn't lie, but you, <laughs> savage. I'm I'm all red like a friggin' beetroot right now. I'm, Good. Woo, it's getting hot in here, man. Clip this and put it on South Bank, buddy. Movie cinemas or some something like that. Put it on the Suncorp big screen. There you go.